Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Grad Chat from PhD Balance, where we talk about topics of grad school beyond academic research, and that may be more difficult to talk about in our day-to-day. I'm your host, Faye Lin, and I'm a PhD candidate in biochemistry at UCLA. If you like what you see here, check out the PhD Balance YouTube channel for more grad chats, and don't forget to subscribe for notifications about when we go live. Our topic today is leaving grad school, and I'm excited to welcome our guest, Neba of Notes by Neba. Neba is a multimedia science communicator based in Ramaytush Ohlone-land, also known as San Francisco, California. Neba creates scientific content through articles, photos, social media, and primarily through science video hosting. As an undergrad at UC Davis, Neba investigated the effects of climate change on crops and pursued diversity studies. Her graduate work at Duke researched the genetics, form, and function of plant roots. Last year, Neba made a choice to leave grad school, not with a PhD as she had planned, but with a master's degree. And she's here to talk about her experiences, as well as the video project she created from it, 10 stories on leaving grad school and why I left. So welcome Neba, I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited for this and, and to talk to you, Phelan. I've been a huge fan of PhD Balance um, and really excited about all the work you do, especially in just shedding light on things that aren't often talked about. I think leaving grad school is certainly one of those topics. For sure. And I am super excited about this video that you just released, I think, Thursday. Was it Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, so this video just came out. The link should be in the description below. Please check it out if you haven't already. And I think people are curious in learning more about this video and how it came about. So can you tell us a little bit more about the origin story, so to speak, of this video? Um, How did it happen? And just a little bit more about what this project was. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yesterday during my Instagram takeover, this was also like, I asked people what they'd like to hear about and leaving grad school was like the far, far winner. So I'm excited to talk about this. Um, I had made the choice to leave, as you guys know, and as someone who makes science videos and stuff, I was like, you know, maybe I should tell my story through video form because it's a process that can be really isolating and in the midst of the pandemic is even more isolating than it already is. So as I was sitting down to create the video, I was like thinking about it and looking at stories that other people had gotten like Some people have made videos, some people have blogged about their experiences, but I felt like a lot of these things I was looking at had like some sort of similar themes of people who like wanted a career change or they like weren't like having healthy boundaries and stuff in academia or their mental health was really suffering. And I was like, man, it would be really great to have some kind of like compilation of these so that people who are going through this decision don't feel so alone and they can like you know, everyone's decision to leave grad school and their process is just so, so unique. And so no matter, like, you know, even if you go online and like try and look at different ones, like you'll relate to different people's or you may not relate to different people's. So I was like, okay, in my video, I don't want it to just be about me. I want it to highlight like this larger kind of like systemic problem of like why it is that people don't necessarily look well on others who decide to have some sort of career change or have just decided something is not the right fit. So I decided to like learn from other people, got a bunch of stories. Um, The 10 stories I have actually are not 
all the people I interviewed, I interviewed quite a few more. And um, I think we'll probably get into that a little later. Yeah, it's super cool how this video showcases such a diverse set of 10 specific stories that uh, of people that are showcased in this video. And I guess if you were to give a broad overview of what are some of the reasons that people may leave grad school and do you want to talk a bit more about your story and why you left grad school? Yeah, um, I think people choose to leave like either because there's some sort of like problem in grad school, you know, you're not being paid enough, your mental health is suffering, you might have a bad advisor, etc. And those are all kind of like in the realm of things that are potentially solvable and fixable. But then there's also people who choose to leave because they just realize it's not the right fit for them or it's not like the right career they wanna do. And they just like have changed their minds or you know they're moving for family or whatever else reason. And so inevitably there will be some people who choose to leave grad school, even just school in general, or just make some kind of change in life. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It's weird that like people view it as a bad thing. Um, so for me, I had not really realized that the career that I wanted to pursue even existed until I got to grad school. And when I got to grad school, that's where I discovered science communication and this concept of like taking complex topics and being able to kind of tell people about them. And I was like, oh, this sounds really cool because I've always liked talking about science, especially like when I go and talk to like, you know, talk to kids or do like outreach type things that I was doing. I didn't realize you could just do this as a job. And so I started like doing it quite a bit in grad school. And then as uh, the pandemic hit, that like kind of made me think a lot about like, what am I doing with my life? And like, what is it that I'm doing for the next like three years? Am I really just doing this career that I'm not even set on necessarily needing? You don't really need a PhD in order to do science communication. So I was like, what am I doing? And then that was like right when the pandemic lockdown started, like well, yeah, over a year ago. And then two weeks later, um, my mom got diagnosed with a terminal illness. Um, at the time, I didn't know it was terminal, but I knew it was going to be really rough. And so I was like, pretty wrecked by that. <laughs> um, and I pretty much was like, okay, well, she lives in California. I live in North Carolina. And that's like, the distance from like, Russia to Portugal, basically. And so like, I don't really know what's the point of me being in grad school so far away on top of like not even really wanting to be here. And so like with all of that combined at first, I was like, okay, let me go see her, see, figure out what's going on. And then as it became clear that like, it was gonna not be like something that she would recover from. Um, I was like, okay, well, I want to be able to spend as much time with her as I possibly can. So how can I get out of here and do that and like live the life that I want to live. So, um, yeah, that was kind of my like decision into it. Um, because of COVID, I think I had a really weird and unique experience in leaving in that like, I never really like said bye to anyone. I never really had to like physically be there and like tell people that I was leaving. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people found out, but there's also people who didn't find out until like months later and then were like, oh, you're not here anymore. I'm like, yeah, I moved a little while ago. So um, that's one thing that was really great about like making this video is like, if I had just shared my experience, I feel like it wouldn't have been a very clear picture. Um, and having like more people's stories, I feel like really helped like kind of flesh out like these are generally what it can be like and look like when you decide to leave grad school. Yeah, I think what was incredible when I was watching the video was just seeing in video format people being vulnerable and sharing these experiences that might be hard to share. And thank you so much, Neba, for 
being open with your experiences because I know as I was watching this video I was like this is going to help so many people who are navigating the you know whatever circumstances they're in and and maybe considering leaving grad school this is going to help them so much and feeling less alone and especially when a topic like this there unfortunately is still some stigma with it which is so frustrating because like you said like everyone has their own path and this shouldn't have stigma um, and this video was a great way to challenge that a bit and to get people to share their stories and I yeah, think with that absolutely. we had yeah we had people submit questions from social media and one question people were interested in were there resources for you to help you with if it if it was a leaving process or did you get any support in doing this transition? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think this is one of those things where I'm really glad that I did the video because everyone had a very different experience. Um, you get everything from no resources to a lot of help to just kind of like the same amount of help that you normally get. So it's just a whole range of stuff. There was one person who um, is in the video and she had been trying to contact her um, advisor and her advisor just never responded to her email. And so after some time, she was like, well, I'm going to leave grad school. And he didn't even respond to that email. So he, she literally sent him an email being like, I'm choosing to leave. And there was just no response. So she had to talk to the grad school and then the grad school messaged him and he still didn't respond. And I'm like, how do you not respond to this? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> are you okay? Like, you still there? Are you on vacation for like this many months? Um, and this wasn't even during like the pandemic. This is like during regular, regular times. So um, on that end, you have people who have absolutely no resources. They had a really difficult time talking to the grad school admin, whatever. Um, and there were also people who felt really supported and some people who felt like they never had to face a stigma and just were more of like a good for you that you've kind of found your path. And that's kind of, you know, the range. For me, it was very... Um, weird in that I was leaving during COVID because there were a bunch of like random resources that were created for COVID. So like my school, Duke University, they established this like COVID kind of fund thing. And so I explained like I'm back in California in order to like be with my mom during COVID and figure this out. And then they paid for, they reimbursed my flight, they reimbursed some of my housing. It was like thoroughly incredible for being a school that's had some uh, very terrible past. Um, sometimes Duke really does a great job of kind of like rising above that. And uh, my mental health, like, you know, really suffered during this time. And one thing that I really appreciated from Duke as well is that they were able to cover a lot of mental health costs for people who applied for it. So there was this grant for like people who had uh, medical help. So if you had like a random, I don't know, if, you're, if your appendix ruptured or if you like needed you more uh, mental health support than what Duke already provided on campus. You could apply to this grant and they would just give you like straight cash and you would just show them your receipt and be like, here you go. And so for the entire time I was at Duke, I never had to pay for therapy. I think I only paid for like five, six, seven sessions or something like that, which was like such a huge, huge, huge help. But I think that's also something specific to like being at a private university with a larger than average endowment. And I think a lot of it is also just the fact that I, I reached out to so many administrators being like, hey, I'm in a really tough spot. What can you, can you help me? And so this wasn't like something where someone was like 
checking in on me and being like, are you okay and stuff? I had to go and reach out to people. And there were a lot of people who were just like, I have no idea what to do for you. And there were a lot of people who just never responded. But there were some admin who were like, hey, have you seen this COVID fund? Like you should apply to that. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I count. And she was like, no, you should definitely apply to it. Like pushed me really hard. And so because of that, I was able to get like flights and stuff reimbursed. So I think asking for help can be really challenging, especially when you don't get responses or get like no responses. Um, but then when you inevitably do end up getting some amount of help back, it's so it's so worth it. I think that's such a great message about the benefits of reaching out for help. And I totally agree with how hard that can be if it's, we're talking about self-advocacy, especially during an already difficult time. That's, that's a lot of work <laughs> to put on a person during all of these things that you had to juggle. But I, I think what's really great about your story here is this idea that people are out there to support. And, you know, there is this aspect of work and looking and initiative, but I think it's great to keep in mind that, you know, there are supportive people out there and resources out there and, and balancing the work that comes that goes into that. And let's see with that, another question we got from social media was what, what was the reaction from your PI lab mates and other people in regards to you leaving your program? Yeah. Um, I think this is part of like the weirdness of leaving during COVID. Cause I like, I didn't really tell my lab mates I was leaving. Um, I mean, I told my PI during a like meeting. So I sort of saw his reaction and he was super supportive. I am so, so, so grateful to my PI because he was just this shining beacon of an amazing mentor. <laughs> and I know that's like really rare in academia, but he was just so supportive of like, even before I chose to leave, like anytime I wanted to do other things for my career, anytime I wanted to take time off for like, you know, Diwali or whatever, um, just super incredible. And I, that was not something that most people had. Um, a lot of people chose to leave grad school because they had really um, difficult mentors. And so I, the, the process for them was really challenging. You know, there's the person who like their mentor never even responded. There's other people whose mentors, um, and this part isn't in the video, but someone had responded, oh, figures that you would take that choice or something like to that tune of like, oh, figured you'd do that. And I'm like, oh, cringe. <laughs> um, it's just awkward. And so, I don't know, I think uh, having some sort of just someone on your side for the process is really helpful because my mentor was able to like make sure that I was still able to get enough together to graduate with a master's and still get a master's degree. And my lab mates, I think, um, you know, they had met my mom and she had like come to the lab one time and like threw everyone like a food lunch party or something. It was really sweet of her. Um, and so they all kind of like knew what was sort of happening. Um, but I never actually had spoken to them because like COVID and stuff. And so, you know, we were having lab meetings and whatnot, but I wasn't going because I was like visiting mom. And so I think it's weird. A lot of the like pushback, so to speak, that I got was a lot from like other students who were like, oh, what a waste of potential or like what a waste of years or like figures that like you're not smart enough or whatever and a lot of people assumed it was just because I like wasn't smart enough because I just had a really rough transition from moving to California to North Carolina and by the time I'd made the decision to to leave I was actually like perfectly okay with like living there again um so I think ultimately it comes down to just like 
having someone that's supportive. A lot of the people who had really not supportive mentors talked about like having another PI who helped them kind of like navigate that or helped them like even writing emails to their PI. Um, and they're, I don't know, I think like a lot of the pushback seems to come from fellow academics. And this is actually a comment that I had gotten quite a few times on the video of like people who had a really rough time going through it. And I've gotten so many like private messages of people who have resonated with the story, which makes me like really grateful that I was able to like give them this because that was like the whole point. And I think it's definitely much, much, much easier if you have a supportive lab environment, but you know, that's not always the case. So just finding support specifically in some sort of academic setting, I think can be really helpful for leaving grad school. Cause otherwise like, you know, you can ask your friend who's not in academia, but they're not going to quite understand like what's going on because it's like a weird, there's all these like weird names and things and just culture. And so having someone in academia that gets it is, is just like so essential for the process. Yeah. And you kind of touched upon how there is still this stigma associated with leaving grad school. And it does vary depending on the situation where it sounds like you had a supportive environment around you through through this transition, but you've talked to other people where that wasn't the case. And one of the questions we have here says, was it difficult to get people to talk about their experiences for the video due to the level of stigma? Yeah, um, I mean, I think, first, I think I was lucky that like my immediate environment was really supportive, but like the larger environment, I definitely got some like not great comments from people about like, why I was choosing to leave and like people who told me to stay in North Carolina, despite my mom, like literally dying 3000 miles away, which I thought was really not cool on so many levels. Um, and uh, for the video though, I think it's so difficult to talk about this. And I, so I, the way I like kind of set up the like stories and interview part is I just like put out a call on every single platform I could think of being like, Hey, I'm making this thing. If anyone's interested in talking about their experience, please DM me. And then I'd give them more information, we'd go through it. And one thing that actually I was like kind of upset by in this video is that there were, there's a lot of people who choose to leave academia in part due to the racism or discrimination that they face. And there were people who were people of color who are black and brown individuals who originally were like, oh, I'm interested. And then later were like, actually this is a public project and I'm like worried for my career if I come out and say this. And I think that's just so, that's just so messed up. And it made me kind of like sad that like a lot of people's stories weren't able to come out here because like they weren't able to say this publicly. And we see the same thing happening with like the hashtag black in the ivory, right? Like here's all these stories of discrimination and racism that people are comfortable sharing and putting out there into the internet. But what about all the people who like can't do that because they would literally just be in so much trouble. And the, I, I just don't understand why the stigma of like, it's so bad to change your mind exists because, and this is also a comment in my video, I think, or my Insta, I don't even remember at this point, sorry. Um, that like most people change jobs in like four or five years anyway. And so when you're at a PhD, you're there for like five, six, like seven years, something like that. And so in, in US specifically. And so like life is gonna keep happening. If, it, if you change your mind, it's, it's fine. Like life changes. And so you know, you wouldn't fault someone for like leaving a company and going somewhere else. Why is there this weird thing around it for academia? It's not as though academia is somehow like better than all the other careers, although some people will fight me on that. Um, and 
yeah so I don't know I think the sigma comes in part from like this concept of like we're studying knowledge and the pursuit of knowledge and that's this like big noble passion and if you leave like you're like selling out in some sort of way when like that's obviously not the case so I don't know I'm hoping this video will help kind of like reduce that a little bit. I'm starting to see programs for PhD students in like careers outside of academia and stuff like that, which is really promising and really great because, you know, academia is not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I think you touched the ball on so many great points there. Uh, one being that not everyone feels safe sharing their story because of how, how much stigma there is and how difficult, how, difficult of an environment <laughs> academia can be as far as still being very systemically, you know, discriminatory, <laughs> right? And I think that's such an important point because I'm also in these spaces talking about these topics. And a common thing I come across is people saying, oh, you need to express your needs. If you're struggling with something, you have to talk about it or you have to advocate for yourself. And I always feel like that's so incomplete because of the reasons that you've also brought up is that it's not always a safe space to share these very important topics and it's there's still so much work to be done because we're at a point where people are dealing with difficult things but find it also find it difficult to share what's going on and reach out for help because of so many systemic issues yeah and it's not always like really overt right like it might just be like you you on the surface everyone is supportive but then later like you know you it just it comes out in like these small subtle ways like oh of course or just like you know in like thinking about jobs or one big thing that kept coming up over and over again is like the way that a person's PI might write their recommendation letter if they chose to leave grad school because if you don't have a good relationship with them like your whole a significant amount of your career is in their hands. And if you can't trust them to write a good rec letter, like that's a huge part of just, I don't know, just career and stuff. So like, yeah, I think having the space to talk about it is a privilege in and of itself. And I really hope that it like becomes more just equal, equal in that. Yeah, I think this video does a great job of kind of, if, you, if we want to call it like tackling that power dynamic or giving voice to people who, you know, as grad students, it's, we don't have that much power compared to maybe <laughs> yeah, faculty. Uh, yeah. So what I love about social media and this video that you've done, Miba, is that it really gives voice to people who might struggle to get their voice heard, because I've definitely experienced that as a grad student. So it's, it's really great to get these ideas out there. One of the next questions we have listed here says that you mentioned yourself and it's mentioned in the video that leaving grad school took a toll on your mental health. Do you want to talk about that or maybe what helped you during that time? Yeah, for sure. I think that was a topic that came up over and over again to the people I interviewed too. And that's why I'm so, so grateful to them for letting me interview them because it's, it's hard to talk about. It's hard to do it publicly and on camera. And for me, it was combined with all of these, there was like the mental health portion of like leaving grad school there was the portion of the pandemic there was the portion of my mom who's like my only family member and then there's the portion of like the stress of just having to move and change jobs and then we can add like the typical stresses that cause mental health problems from like racism sexism this morning someone called me a curry muncher on my instagram and i was like man 
it's just like little things like that. So like all of that like combined was absolutely just awful. <laughs> like last year, I was like a total wreck. Maybe it was, it was so odd though. Cause at the same time I wasn't like, and trigger warning at the same time, I wasn't like suicidal, but I have felt like very, very, very depressed before. So it was weird to have this like moment of like all these terrible things happening, but at the same time, not feel suicidal. And I think in part that was like largely due to like having a therapist and having like friends who were like constantly checking in on me and like sending me like little cards or like a cake or whatever. And that was so helpful, like knowing I wasn't alone in that. Um, but at the same time, I was like, everything is alone and terrible. And I, I'm the only one in the world going through this right now. And everyone else just has to deal with the pandemic. And I have to deal with like losing my one and only family. And it was honestly, like, I wish I could say I did a better job of like reaching out to people, but I, I didn't. So I'm like really grateful to all the friends who just kind of like took it on themselves to just like text me or like send me memes or be like, send me a giant message and then at the end be like you don't even have to respond to this if you don't feel like it because sometimes that was just like too much energy so I tried really hard to like keep doing yoga and working out during the pandemic and that worked for about like two weeks before <laughs> I like stopped doing that entirely um I think one thing that's really difficult with COVID is like all the typical ways that people man manage their mental health usually are like gone right like you can't go to the gym and you can't go dancing and you can't like go like on a vacation and hang out on the beach with your friends like maybe you can if you're like in a pot or whatever but you kind of get the idea I'm trying to say here and so my mental health super suffered and to be quite honest it's still not great um but it will be eventually and I think that's just hugely just because of having friends who get it and I think that's like I wish like sometimes society would recognize the value of friendships because like as someone who no longer has a nuclear family anymore like I'm like, I can't just do similar things. Like there's always this huge society thing of like, oh, next blood, next relation, or like, you know, who gets to decide like, you know, what happens to your body if you get hit by a car or something like that. And like, maybe that's a little morbid to think of, but like, that's the sort of thing I've been thinking about and like trying to set it up so that like the person who's in charge of my stuff and my cats will be okay making decisions for me. So I don't know, friends, really are the family you choose and friends are what you make of them and I'm so grateful that I've actually like made some internet friends during this pandemic and it's so hard but I think a lot of it is just like it's just those little interactions that really like add up to something bigger you know like if you co-work with someone and you co-work with them every day and then they see you every day like it just you just get so much closer because you're just doing that so uh for me I would say just really like leaning into friends more than anything else and I don't know. Sometimes I think people think of it as like, oh, I'm too tired to hang out with someone, but like you can co-work with them. You can go on a walk with them. You can sit in a park and like read a book right next to each other and not say a word. And even that like somehow feels better than if you were just doing it by yourself. Yeah. Support networks are so important. And I, I just want to echo what you said about like friends being so important because I'm also in a similar boat where I don't have this extensive you know blood relative type of network and everyone's different with you know what their situation is but I mean also as someone who's had to navigate a bunch of mental health struggle you you realize that having people get you and it takes a lot of work to connect with those people and also quick shout out to PhD Balance for being a great community that I got connected with who 
has made it possible to do grad chat shout out <laughs> like <laughs> shout support out to the community too like everyone in, in phd balance has just been so cool i i need to go to more co-working sessions there but like just the community itself i think is really great and that's what's really nice about phd balance is they've got this like you know there's the discord where you can actually hang out and meet people and chat with them and it's not just like a social media account like giving you information all the time it's actually a place where you can like go and connect with people and have conversations and you know take it off the gram (laughs) sounds so sounds so hip when I say that (laughs) but um yeah you know I was interviewing um someone for like unrelated like science communication thing the other day and she mentioned this like she's putting together this venture for connecting kids with like science journalists and um education and she's like she like casually mentioned like, oh yeah, my mom's a teacher. So I'm going to use her network. And oh yeah, my, like my sister is like a news anchor. So I'm just going to use her network of like people. And I'm like, that's like, that's huge. Like you realize that this whole venture of yours is like entirely based on like the fact that you have access to an education sector and like a journalism sector. Like a lot of people like who get into this kind of field, we don't just casually know news anchors. That's not like a casual thing for people to always know about. So yeah, I feel that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's important for everybody to just get to know the diverse range of experiences out there because they're, yeah, I mean, I I hear those stories and it's like, wow, that's, that's something I would, yeah, sure would be nice, right? (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, there's so many people out there who don't take the time to get to know diverse experiences. And because of that may not be appreciative <laughs> sometimes it is like lack of appreciation for for what they have and I, what I love about doing these conversations is just hearing everyone's different story and making sure that these stories are told and let's see we have we have some questions in the chat so this one says uh did anybody either for example the grad student union or the grad school or faculty ethics committee uh did they do a debriefing interview with you about why you were leaving? <laughs> Dude, that's actually a really great question. It would be great if they did that because then they could actually track like what are the issues that are causing students to leave. But no, like no one did that. Um, I was in communication with a person from the grad school because I was like, I need help. I'm just going to message everyone I possibly can. That was the person who like suggested I apply to the COVID fund. So, I mean, maybe they like, just know that because I talked to them but there's no like systematic way of like cataloging and tracking this where they're like really should be um because I know I'm not the only person to leave there's been people above me and it's interesting to hear the way that students talk about the people before me who chose to leave and I feel like every school should keep track of like is it are you leaving due to discrimination are you leaving due to sexism etc like you know in my video there's a person who's leaving due to discrimination and like if the school could track it then they would know like hey maybe we should do something about this so yeah yeah I think it also speaks to how there isn't an infrastructure for things to improve for these systemic issues to improve (laughs) and there's there doesn't seem to be an incentive for it or a motivation for it I think something as I want to say maybe simple, like a debriefing interview, at least show some interest in getting a sense of, is there something we can do better? Uh, Sounds like what's frustrating is that that's not, that's not there in a lot of cases. 
Yeah. yeah. It's really like the easiest, like looking at all the efforts of the things that grad school does, this seems like one that's relatively simple. So I don't know, it would be cool. Um, you can maybe other schools do it. I will say like, I don't, I don't know if other schools do it. Um, to my knowledge, no one does. So their loss. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is a, quite a, quite a like amount of like money and stuff that they pour into you, you know, like I was, you know, Duke had a lot of investment in me. And so like, it's a loss for them if a grad student chooses to leave, like financially, emotionally, it affects the community, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have another question in the chat that says, do you have a plan to get back to grad school in the coming years? Uh, excellent question. Um, I don't think so because my career doesn't really need grad school um, because as a science communicator, like you can get a PhD and it's helpful, but also like, I don't really know what much more a PhD would get me. Like maybe if I wanted to be like a medical liaison and then in that very specific career, you like have to have a PhD or an MD or something, but I don't think so. Um, there are some people who in my video like chose to leave and are like applying to grad school all over again and trying to find a program that like fits their needs better. But like the process of applying to grad school is a lot as anyone who has applied to grad school even once like kind of knows it's just expensive time consuming and mentally draining and I don't really see why I would want to do it again I do think there's still I don't know some interest in me like kind of like looking at research and publishing and that kind of thing but you don't necessarily even have to be a grad student to publish a research paper so yeah yeah I think that's a Great point. I think often when it, in this culture of academia, we're so focused on like, I don't know, get it. There's so much honor or like self-worth associated with this degree or the research out, output, but overall in the context of what are your career goals and what do you want to do to get yourself there? Maybe that, that may not be getting a PhD and that it goes back to this idea that there's still stigma, unfortunately, that at the end of the day, like doesn't help anyone and <laughs> just makes life harder for everybody, I think. And I think that's a great point to keep in mind that reflect on what your goals are and what you want to get out of things. And that may not be grad school. And that's perfectly valid because there are so many amazing things out there as I'm now exploring, trying to wrap up <laughs> my PhD and also leaving academia. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I was kind of surprised at how many things don't require a PhD because I felt like while I was in academia, I was like, oh, all these like really cool career options like need a PhD or like it would be really nice to have this. And so many science communicators that I looked up to had a PhD. So I was like, oh, clearly it's something that like helps them become that great. And then as I left and started like meeting people outside of that sphere, I was like, oh, you don't have one and you don't have one. And oh, wow, you're in the exact career I want and you don't have one either. Like I, I don't know, for some, for some reason, I just had this idea of like having a PhD opens all these doors and stuff. And like, that's definitely true. It does. But like, there's also a lot of, a lot of doors open that don't require a PhD. And oftentimes like experience will open the same amount of door. Like if you just work in a field for a little while, you can do the same thing that someone with a PhD can maybe do in the beginning. So, but maybe get paid a lot more <laughs> from the start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I love that. It's so important to to keep in mind. And it looks like we 
or wrapping up time for this grad chat, but Nima, if there's anything you want to touch upon that we haven't talked about yet during this chat, anything that comes to mind for you? Um, I just want to really thank the people who came in my video, honestly, like the entire reason I feel like the video even makes sense is just because they were comfortable coming forward and sharing their stories. So anytime someone is really vulnerable and tells such a very deep part of themselves, I feel like it's something to be commended for. Um, for anyone who is like wondering about leaving grad school, I know that it's like a lot of nuance and it's all like kind of up to you and stuff, but I think talking to people and seeing, you know, not just like, you know, people who've left, but also talking like people who are in the career you might be interested in, people who are adjacent to people you might be interested in. And then at the end of every one of those conversations being like, do you know of anyone who might be good for me to talk to so that you can continue having that? Um, that's just like super, super helpful. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Neva, for being with us today. And if you're tuning in, make sure to check out Neva's video. The link should be in the description below. And I, when I saw it, it was absolutely, again, absolutely amazing to see these stories in a video format and to have these conversations so openly discussed. So please check out Neva's video description below. <laughs> And this has been Grad Chat from PhD Balance. If you're checking us out for the first time, we go live every Saturday, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And if you liked what you saw today, make sure to subscribe to get notifications about when we go live. So until then, I guess we will see you next time. Bye.